When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way. And Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, the Horn. Hang on. We're almost there. (laughs) Almost to the weekend, right? And, you know, for many of us, that's a cool deal. For many others of us, it simply is part of the work week when you get to the weekend. But that's okay. We head toward that weekend anyway. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Life the Tower on the Horn, 1049-1019-1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. My name is Craig Way. Glad to have you alongside. Jeff Howe will be along shortly. My producer, a man behind the glass, is none other than Cameron Parker. How you doing, Cam? A little tired this morning, Craig. Are you? Why is that? Netflix released the full swing docuseries. Got stuck on that last night. How how much of it did you watch? I went through three episodes. Did you really? Yeah. Uh, Eight total. My... uh, uh, my newlywed wife was watching. I was driving back. I went up to Denton to guest lecture at North Texas. And so I was driving back. She was watching it. She really liked it and was learning some stuff about it. So she was into it as well. So it was good, huh? Yeah. So, like, it's not for, like, the golf nerds. It's for it's designed for people who aren't really familiar with golf or aren't really like familiar my wife. with it. Kind of, it's based off the F1's Drive to Survive series, right? Where yep. they kind of they started up from someone who's never watched F1 before. It's kind of the same thing with golf. Like they they explain like what a birdie is, yeah, what a bogey is, how the events work. But there's some you know there's some really cool behind the scenes stuff. The first episode features Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas. Episode two, you get Scotty Scheffler in it. Uh, Brandel Shambly is a part of it. Johnny Fake is in it. So there's a lot of like UT Austin guys kind of in it. So, but it, it's cool. Like I love seeing all the behind the scenes stuff and there's some pretty interesting information past. Yeah. Along. Yeah, she seemed to enjoy what she was watching. So I said I've got to get on that and watch it as well. So there's there's something, you know, some sort of y'all uh, on the specs text line at 3373776. They're all going to watch Magic Mike like Buck is. Hard pass for me. I don't believe I'll be taking that in. Didn't see the first two did not see the first two. Did you see either of the first? No, two? I was invited to see it on Tuesday night, but fortunately, I had a basketball game to work. And what's the deal with Bucky having to go watch it by himself? That Good sounds question. a little creepy. I, 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 I'm not sure what the motivation is. I, I know he goes and sees lots of movies by himself, so it's not just because it's Magic Mike, but he is going to see that by himself. Just so something like that. Uh, so, uh, on the Specs text line, Pac-12, uh, Matt says, Hey, Craig, just saw a picture of you for the first time. Look a lot younger than you sound. Ah, <laughs> eh, the road will do that to you, you know? <laughs> it'll, make you, it'll make you sound a little, a little older than maybe you are. It's something like that. Uh, that's not the case for my co-host. Ever youthful in his appearance and in his sound. You're hey, kind, but that's a lie. Uh, he is the pride of Northwest Williamson County and a proud graduate of Florence High School. And uh, you know him best for his outstanding work at Horns 24-7. That's Jeff Howe. How are you doing this morning? Feeling optimistic about my chances for a good show today. Had a cliff bar before we started. So What flavor? You know, I re- didn't realize until this morning, I, I HEB makes really good. Uh, you got to find them in like the dietary section, like yeah. the meal replacement bars. Right. So I eat one of those and a piece of fruit for breakfast. And uh, 
you know, I didn't realize until this morning that I was out. So Charlotte has these little like junior cliff bars yeah. or whatever. Sometimes they they serve those on the charter flights of the team, yeah. those little little ones. Yeah, and uh it's like Cliff Jr. or yeah. something. And I had uh what was it, chocolate brownie, I think. Was, I had I had uh, one of those on a charter flight pretty yeah, recently. And I was like, you know what? I was expecting it to taste pretty bad, but it's actually better than the regular cliff bars. The regular cliff bars is too they're too dense. It's too I feel like I've got about ten pounds of fiber on top of my gut when uh, I eat one of those. I, I like but, I like the ch- uh, the peanut butter ones. See, I put bars. I put the iced oatmeal one in Charlotte's lunchbox. So yeah. if she doesn't eat that yeah. today, I think that's going to be my breakfast tomorrow morning. <laughs> okay, all right, very good. But uh, uh, speaking of horse twenty four seven, you yeah. get over there right now. I've got a uh, a lineup preview for the twenty twenty three baseball season. Excellent, there, so. excellent. Uh, season opens tomorrow. Now I will be here for the program and then heading up. I-35 to get up to Arlington to join uh, Keith Moreland uh, and Roger Wallace up there as uh, the Longhorn baseball team will open the 2023 season in the college baseball showdown at Globe Life Field. It's a good generic name, isn't it? A college baseball showdown. I feel the same way about that as I do about our show open. Oh? What do you mean? What does it say in the show open? It says... Something about your daily look around the world of sports. I'm like, oh, it's pretty, something like that. Pretty generic. Well, we have a pretty generic uh, type of look at things sometimes. So, you know? And I'll, I'll we'll talk some Longhorn baseball today. Mm-hmm. Um, what we've been talking about, Craig, is going to hold true given the lineup, and we'll I'll run that down in, in the Longhorn Notebook, one of our two Longhorn Notebooks today. Okay. Uh, might want to have that roster handy. Yeah. When you listen to the baseball game. Yeah. Games. I know this I'll weekend. have mine handy. <laughs> uh, you're right. I, I cover this team. I'm still learning numbers, jersey numbers, and yep. and whatnot. So a lot of new faces. It's it's a really good point. And uh, even you got new faces in new places. Uh, Mitchell Daly moving over from second to short. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Kennedy and the outfield could change on a you know depending on matchups or whatever. But uh, Eric Kennedy moving to center field now. So uh, even the guys that are returning, you'll see them in new roles. Yeah. Well, uh, and and we'll hear. I uh, have a couple of uh, sound bites, uh, one from uh, David Pierce, one from Dylan Campbell. Uh, so we'll have those coming up as well. Coming up here in just a couple of minutes, a little bit different take on things. Like we said, that's why we said sometimes you can get generic because we talk about a lot of different things. And among those, the fact that uh, we'll be talking uh, Spurs and Springsteen, and not necessarily in that order, but it's, as I was joking with Bill Shoning. The uh, voice of the Spurs, my former broadcast partner for years and uh, former show co-host. We did a show together for almost five years before he left to do the Spurs. And um, uh, so Bill Bill is going to see Bruce Springsteen tonight at Moody Center. Have either of you guys ever seen a Springsteen concert? I have not seen the boss yet. Neither have I. I'm telling you. that's It's it's quite an event. Uh, that guy still grinds. I, I I've seen him both. From a vending perspective, when I was selling T-shirts about in, in back in the day, and um, I saw him uh, at the Irwin Center. In fact, the last time I saw Bruce Springsteen in concert was at the Irwin Center with Bill Shoney. <laughs> so we went back in the day, and this would have been like ninety-seven, ninety-eight when I first moved down before. Uh, the family had moved down when I just started uh, with the show, so it was right around, right around that that part. So um, uh, we'll we'll visit with him out there. He's got a couple of stories to share on that. Hey, uh, somebody on the Specs text line says, "Passing through Florence right now, looks like nice. they're erecting a statue of Jeff at D Boone's." God, I hope not. You spend a lot of time at D Boone's, right? Well, at the old location, not so yeah. much the new location. The Is the new one, one out where the highway goes around? Yeah, it's right out, right off the bypass. The old yeah. one was out by the high school. That's where I used to stop for my Big Red and my <laughs> breakfast tacos in the morning. Yeah. Uh, I hope not. I don't need anybody from Gerald or Salado or anywhere near there going to deface that thing or <laughs> drawing a big wang on my face or something. I don't need that. Uh, Bebo Lance Jason says, Cliff Bar? Jeff, let's breakfast better. Hey, I, I like Cliff Bars. But I usually don't eat them for breakfast. I might have them like a snack later in the day. He goes, and, and now some of these, I got to say, Jason, they sound made up. Uh, try the pure <clears throat> protein bars, Lenny and Larry's Complete Cookie. That sounds made I don't, up. I don't, want, I don't want a big breakfast. Or the Quest Protein the Cookies. Qu- See, those are too dense for me. Like, just, this is too much. Like I just, you know, 
just a, a something smallish, not too dense, and then a piece of fruit. It, it, it's perfectly fine. I can't have big breakfast because if I have big breakfast, that means I take many break during show. Yeah, and be back and forth. Understand. To the can. So no one, nobody needs that. I don't need that in my life, and you don't need that in a broadcast partner. I understand that. I'm sure the, our guest on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. I don't know if you two experienced that at any point, but uh, we spent a lot of time together. <laughs> We spent a lot of time together, and we and we let people know we were very. <clears throat> if someone ever said, "Oh, was that your partner?" We go broadcast partner, broadcast, <laughs> broadcast partner, broadcast, broadcast partner. But we were uh, for ten football and nine basketball seasons together on uh, Texas Longhorn broadcast, and then of course did a show almost five years together uh before he escaped and uh and went down to san antonio <laughs> and the voice of the san antonio spurs and i know this is uh his uh 22nd season i know that because it's when he left and i became the play-by-play uh, broadcaster for texas it's my 22nd season on that so uh bill shoning joins us on the vaqueros cafe and cantina hotline uh right right in the middle of of the road trip is that right no, well, yeah, you're exactly right. The middle of the road trip, uh, there is a break between the uh, trips. So the All-Star break for us started, I guess, last night right after the loss to Charlotte uh, and won't resume until Thursday, a week from tonight, uh, in Dallas. So we've got this week for the All-Star break. Uh, and, of course, uh, this is going to be a very busy week for me during the All-Star break. I'll tell you about that in a minute. But, um, yeah, it's it's been kind of a crazy whirlwind deal. We had six games on the road. I just got in last night. Uh, and of course, I still live in the Austin area, Craig. So it's a good hour, twenty minutes after we land. So, um, so I'm kind of running on fumes right now, but I'm pumped because I'm going to do the Springsteen show tonight. So I've got my energy. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's been kind of a rough stretch. You know, we got a very, very young ball club. I think the Longhorns might be older than the Spurs this year. Oh, yeah, it's, they are the uh, third oldest team in college basketball this year. So there's a distinct possibility of that. Um, the uh, so th- let me let me give you a chance to just um, m- to set the record straight, so to speak, for anybody okay. who's looking at the Spurs right now and says, "Okay, they've lost 14 in a row." There's that big fellow that's going to be available coming. Yeah, tank season is in full force. You you haven't gotten that vibe being around uh, the players or pop or anything like that, that there's anything less than full effort and design being given to these guys going out on the floor every night, have you? No, they are playing extremely hard. They really are. They're just very young. And in the NBA, when you're going up against guys that have six, seven, eight years experience and you're just out of college or you played one year of college or played one year overseas, uh, it, it's just very, very difficult. And they haven't had uh, enough chemistry, enough continuity. They've had a lot of injuries. Uh, and it's just a very young ball club. I know they sound like excuses, uh, but uh, as you know, Craig, they've moved us upstairs in most of these venues. So a lot of times I'm calling the game from the concourse level. And sometimes it's difficult to see exactly how hard they're playing, how much physicality there is if you're upstairs. But on this last trip, the leg of this last trip, we had three games where we were on the floor. And I get to see it. And I know they're playing hard. They're just extremely shorthanded, extremely young. They make mistakes. They go through one stretch of game. And I, you've seen this with young clubs too, Craig, where they have a 10-0 run or a 12-2 run that flips the game and then they spend the rest of the game trying to make up that 10 or 12 point deficit and they just can't do it they just can't get over the hump and that has happened multiple times to this ball club it's almost like same song second verse uh how many venues are you now uh, can you count that where you work on the floor now I believe there's only four left in the whole league. Wow. And they're even moving television. They're even moving television upstairs in a lot of these venues. Wow, I didn't uh, think that was. <laughs> I didn't think that was allowed by the, by the league yeah, to, to do that. The game last the game last night in Charlotte, uh, Michelle Beadle and um, who was working last night, Dan Weiss and Matt Bonner, uh, they were all to my right uh, upstairs at the concourse level. Wow. All right, but but like Bill Land and Sean Elliott, I mean they they still have them on the floor, right? Yeah, at the home games, yes. Yeah, but, on the home Bill Land and Sean Elliott weren't on this particular leg of the trip. They've been switching up a little bit. But even if they were there last night, they would have been up there next to me upstairs. Wow. So, uh, yeah, press row is no longer press row. It's millionaire's row in a lot of these places. Hey, it's it's kind of seeped into the college game as well, I can tell you that. But, uh, all right, so, so let me see if I can remember some of these. Uh, Phoenix, because of the great Al McCoy, right? You're still on the floor. Correct. Okay. <laughs> Didn't you tell me – in L.A. you were on the floor? 
Yeah, the-, the Lakers used to have us on the floor. Now they've moved us up to the uh, area where the Clippers also have us, which is a real good spot. Kind of reminds me of the Super Pit in Denton where you're elevated, uh, probably a little higher up than maybe the Super Pit because, what are you, about seven or eight rows up there? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, yeah, the, the one at the uh, Staples Center, which is now Crypto.com Arena or whatever it is this week. Uh, I'm yeah. terrible with names on arenas, Craig. They change them every week. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, I just gave up. In fact, Conseco Fieldhouse uh, became Banker's Life Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. Right. I think I still called it Conseco for, like, the next five years. <laughs> I didn't change until <laughs> – nobody from Banker's Life is paying me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like our friend Brad Jim used to say when I was working up there. He'd say there's a PGA event in uh, in New Orleans this week. They can tell you the sponsor name or they can buy some advertising with us. You know, so, so, <laughs> That's exactly right. you'd have – okay, so uh, did, did I see – is Cleveland one of the places? No, Cleveland's got a great spot, though. We call it the Joe Tate Perch. Joe Tate, of course, the late uh, great voice of the Cavs for many, many years. Uh, he liked it upstairs, but in the first row of the upper deck, and there's kind of an overhang, and it, it's a great vantage point. Cleveland, no complaints at all. Uh, but Detroit, we're downstairs. Chicago, we're still downstairs, which is interesting because they, interesting because they sell seats just to the right of where you're located. You're in the front row, but when the ball goes over to the right corner, you have no idea. Uh, you know, so uh, in the game of the Alamo Dome where we got 68,000, that special 50th anniversary game in January, uh, I was in the second row there, which was great, except for the fact that the first row was elevated above me. So all I saw was the top of torsos running down. <laughs> and, and as you know, Craig, uh, and uh, you've had this situation, I'm sure, at Vanderbilt where you're actually on the floor, where your table is the floor, uh, you can't see the markings on the floor. So you don't know if a, guy, if a guy's pulling up for a 20-foot jumper at the top of the key, you're not sure if it's the top of the key or if it's a three-pointer or exactly where he is on the floor. So you've got to use your monitor, even though I was literally eight feet from the playing surface, I'm looking at most of the game for the monitor. What you just described is NCAA tournament venue, Sweet 16, Elite 8, Final Four. It was like that at NRG in Houston, which coincidentally was the last time the Longhorns were in a Elite 8 and a Sweet 16 back in 2008, where that floor is elevated above you. Uh, like that, and so it's it, it's a different. Okay, so were you? Uh, and then um, because I did a game in the uh, Nike PK eighty event a couple of years ago at Moda Center, and I thought that was not a bad little perch there off to the left, kind of elevated a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that was our spot. Yeah, Moda Center is a good spot. Portland always has a good crowd. That's a good uh, vantage point. Uh, the last time we were in Portland, though. Uh, the guy right in front of me, there stands, you know, you're basically up in the stands, but you're a little bit above uh, kind of concourse level. Uh, there was a seven foot two guy that decided to stand for most of the game, wow. uh, which was a lot of fun, you know. So I said, hey, sir, you know, I know you're enthusiastic about the Blazers, but could you please sit your butt down every once in a while so I don't have to stand up too so I can see? Uh, but uh, we kind of joked about it. But uh, yeah, you know, it, it's, um, it is what it is, you know, you got to get used to it. And, uh, I'm thankful, Craig, because I worked all those years with you. And of course, prior to that as well, Sam Houston State where we did a lot of games upstairs, football and basketball especially, or football and uh, baseball rather. So uh, you used to be on the floor in basketball, but you can make that adjustment when you're upstairs. It's just that when your difficult sidelines get in the way, like for instance, Boston, they actually have us behind the baseline in the corner uh, where you literally have to call most of the game for the monitor uh, because you're in a tunnel uh, behind the baseline. The basket knocks out half of what you're seeing on that side of the floor. So, uh, yeah, it is. You make adjustments and you move on. Uh, I, I did tell the story. Uh, I think I told this on the air the other day about the time that <clears throat> you and I were doing baseball uh, at Baylor, and it's when they were building the, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Baylor ballpark out of the old Farrell Field. And we were basically sitting on concrete slabs because they hadn't put the press box up yet. And, th- and, and folks, this is Bill Shoning on the air saying this. <clears throat> he goes, uh, uh, that couldn't tell if that was fair or foul down the third base line because there's a guy standing right in front of us. If you would take your seat, thank you, sir. When he sat down, <laughs> that reminds me of a time we worked together at K State, and uh, you had gone on a baseball trip with me. I don't think uh, maybe Keith wasn't available that weekend, I'm not quite sure, but we went up to Manhattan. And Friday night's or Friday afternoon's game was an afternoon game, there was nobody in the stands. And, uh, and I think you took the time, because I was doing play-by-play in that first inning, uh, to, to count the people that were there. And I think you kind of came 53. up with 58. 53 people. 53. Yeah. <laughs> 53. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know who our board op was, who our producer was back at the station, but they said, can you turn the crowd mic up a little bit? And your response was, I'd turn the crowd mic up if there was a crowd. <laughs> it's true. That was the first road trip I ever took with you. 
on baseball. Oh wow! First baseball oh, road funny. trip. That was in uh, that was a, a very cold March '98. Is when that happened. It okay. was that. All that, right. that <laughs> yes, that's about right. Uh, uh, Bill Schoening visit us with us here with Craig Wade, Jeff Howe, and Light the Tower. Bill, I want to stick with that Where theme. Is Jeff, Jeff, you, Jeff, are you on the show? I'm, is it I'm just still a Craig show right now. I'm, I'm still here, still, still hanging in okay, there. I didn't uh, know if they gave if Craig just gave <laughs> you a break, told you to go get some coffee or what? No, no, we're we're all good. Um, so I want to stay with that theme because we, Craig and I were talking when the Big Twelve football schedule got announced at Texas for the first time since one. They're going to go back to Houston, and uh, the way Craig made it sound, the uh, the press box accommodations at the old Robertson Stadium were what's the right term, Craig? Primitive, maybe. <laughs> it was prehistoric, and I felt so sorry for Bill on that. That was his last season of doing the play by play. You remember that, Bill? That scratched, oh, smeared plexiglass <laughs> at Robertson Stadium, and the and the drizzle was coming down, and we couldn't see. And you got so mad because. You you uh, said it was B.J. Johnson when it was uh, Sloan Thomas on a catch, and it was like, dude, don't worry about it. We can, nobody can see anything. And it was that corrugated tin thing that extended out, so we couldn't see the sideline. It was brutal. Yeah. Brutal. And there was something with this. Uh, I think the end zone section for the Longhorn fans was was deemed not uh, you know suitable. Yep. You remember that? The erector there was, set. There was some kind of the erector yeah, set. Yeah, there was a section. Yeah, the erector set was the end zone section, and I think they. They ruled it. You, know, you couldn't sit there anymore. So, I, and I don't know where the Longhorn fans ended up going. Of course, there's more Longhorn fans than Cougar fans there, like there usually is in Houston. But um, yeah, I think your accommodations will be a little bit better coming this coming season. I'm sure, Bill. I can tell you what happened to some of those fans because I've heard from some people who were supposed to sit in that section. Apparently, there were some that ended up watching the game at Hoffines Pavilion on a big screen. Yeah. <laughs> That that doesn't surprise me at all. And I remember during that same era, we did a baseball series there, and they had problems with the the phone lines at um, mm-hmm. Cougar Field. And uh, Keith and I ended up doing one game on a cell phone. Yep. And uh, that that's not fun. It's a lot better now <laughs> since I've been over there. I can tell you that. But but uh, in terms of baseball, and you know, I always remember coming out of that 2001 game, the lost odds. The lost said, we will never go back to Houston if I have anything to say about it. And this this fall, of course, DeLoss is now retired, so this fall will be the first time that Texas has been to play a football game in Houston since that 2001 game. It's It's been that's that amazing. Long. Yeah, yeah that, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, um, okay, uh, Springsteen tonight. Uh, how, <laughs> how many times will this be for you seeing Bruce Springsteen in person, live on stage, whether he's five feet from you or in the upper deck or whatever. Well, are we counting times when he jumped up on stage at the Stone Pony with Southside John and the Asbury Jukes? Because if we are, it's probably 20 or 25. But I think to actually see Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band, it'll be 15. I saw one time solo. He had a solo record called uh, The Ghost of Tom Joad, which was kind of a folk record. He played Austin Music Hall, uh, and I saw him there too. So he wasn't with the E Street Band. So I-, I guess this will be the 16th time I've seen Bruce and the 15th time I've seen him with the E Street Band. Yeah, yeah. Now, the last time I saw him was with you. When when uh, when I just moved down to the Austin area, we went over and saw him at the Irwin Center uh, that night. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. A- I've seen him all over the place, and I've seen him in a lot of different venues, uh, uh, small college halls, uh, little theaters. I mentioned the Stone Pony when he jumped up on stage with the Jukes. There's probably 150 people. There was nobody, by the way, back then. He had his first two albums on Columbia. didn't do very well. And Born to Run was really kind of a make-or-break record for him. And, of course, it made it for him because he ended up on the cover of Time and Newsweek right after he released the album. It was the making of a rock star. And we're like, what? You know, this, this guy hangs out at the Stone Pony and jumps up on stage and has a couple of records that didn't sell very well the first couple. But, uh, you know, he's, he's made it huge, obviously. Uh, but I remember I had a girlfriend at the time. Uh, in senior in high school, and she didn't think Bruce was very good. And she called him Bruce Bedspring and Bruce Stringbean, and she made all kinds of names up. And she goes, he'll never make it. She said, he'll never make it. So obviously we broke up, not over that. But years later, we stayed, <laughs> we contributing stayed, factor. We stayed in touch. But we stayed in touch. And when he did the Born in the USA tour, I'm reading Newsweek magazine, and it said that he grossed $85 million, or no, I'm sorry, $56 million on that tour, 1984-85. And uh, so I cut out that article back in the days before Internet, right? So you cut out the magazine article, I put it in an envelope and mailed it to her, and I just had one line in there. It says, uh, Bruce apparently grossed $56 million in this last tour. Is that making it? Did he make it? Or does he need to make $58 million in the tour? <laughs> uh, you know, what, what is the deal here? You know, so he, he apparently made it. 
And uh, my friend said, okay, you're right. He made it. You know, I won't call him Bruce Springbean Springsteen anymore. So, um, for, 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 yeah, I, I had no idea that he was going to be such a big star when I used to go see him at these small venues. Yeah, all right. So for guys like Jeff Howe and our producer Cameron Parker, who've never seen uh, Bruce in concert, what is the gravitas? What is the reason that, that keeps people coming back? What is it about uh, his show, his catalog, everything that, that, that makes seeing him worthwhile, in your case, 16 times, not counting the times when he jumped up on stage with Southside Johnny and the Asbury Jukes? <laughs> I think it's the passion. Uh, he doesn't cheat his fans at all. He's going to give you everything he's got. Um, I read his uh, autobiography, which is the longest book I've ever read. It's over 500 pages. And I had a hard time putting it down because he wrote the book. It wasn't like he you know, was telling it to a journalist and the journalist wrote the book. He wrote the book. It, it was from the heart. And when he wrote the songs to Born to Run, he was living in a surfboard shop uh, on the Jersey Shore making no money, just a little bit of money he's making from his live gigs. He wasn't making much record uh, money from the, the record company from Columbia. Uh, so uh, this is a real guy. This is a guy that was you know, really true to himself and, and worked his way up, uh, working class guy. And I know that he uh, really puts a lot into his show. He's got a great band. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to it because it's, it's really rock and roll with the sweat left in. It really is. And he does a lot of this old soul stuff with a horn section. And it's just my kind of stuff. Bill, uh, we've got this question for you on the Specs text line, and this actually promotes a question from me, prompts one from me. Uh, Texture, I want to get your thoughts on the Spurs playing a couple of games at the Moody Center this year. And also, ha- have you called a game in, in or around the greater Austin area since you uh, <laughs> left the, uh, the UT beat and, and went down to work for the Spurs? Uh, not a Spurs game, obviously. Uh, the, the Spurs haven't played in Austin, I think, since the early 90s. Mm. Uh, and uh, that was a preseason game. And I believe it was against the Philadelphia 76ers. And B.J. Tyler was playing for the Sixers. I, I don't know why I remember that, but I do. Uh, but that's the last time I remember the Spurs playing in Austin. The Spurs actually trained in Austin for a while in the mid-90s. I remember interviewing player Doc Rivers with the Spurs. They were staying, at the, I think, at the Four Seasons Hotel at the time. Uh, but, yeah, this is the first time I've called a Spurs game, obviously, in the Austin area. Uh, I've been doing some college baseball, so I, I remember a few years ago I did a game at St. Ed's. You know, that was the game, Craig, where it was ego deflation. The PA announcer says, uh, today on the Lone Star Conference Digital Network, this game between Lubbock Christian and St. Ed's, I know an epic battle, uh, will be heard on the Lone Star Conference Digital Network with the legendary Bill Shoning. So my chest pumps out a little bit, the legendary Bill Shoning, and this lady about six feet from me goes, Bill who? Bill who? <laughs> <laughs> or or is, is your our, our our mutual friend, the, the the late great Al Caldwell, for many years the voice of Lamar Cardinals, Shaning, how's Shaning doing? He used to say. How's Shaning doing? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we, 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 we took the umlaut off, Al. It's Shoning now. We took the umlaut off many years ago when my great grandfather, you know, moved over here from the from the old country from Prussia. He changed it. He took the umlaut off. So you haven't e- you haven't even been inside Moody Center since it opened. No, no. This. Tonight will be the first time, and I'm really looking forward. Jeff, I don't think I answered your question because it was a two-part question, but uh, I'm really looking forward to doing a game uh, in April. And the Spurs, of course, are trying to expand their brand. They're rebuilding right now, but Austin is such a hot spot. Uh, and, uh, you know, San Antonio wants to get into the Austin market, obviously, uh, and, uh, and make the Spurs kind of the NBA team in this market. The Austin Spurs, of course, are playing up in Cedar Park. My son Carl's getting a chance to call uh, all their games and has since 2017. He really enjoys that. Craig, I still can't figure this out. Carl lives in San Antonio and does the Austin Spurs. I live in Austin and do the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, go figure so that out, about, right? Yeah. About five or six times a year, he'll be on his way to Austin. I'll be on my way to San Antonio. We beep at each other in New Braunfels. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Have a good game tonight. You know? So, uh, <laughs> so uh, the Austin Spurs, it's, it's really a good concept, this G League thing, because there are guys that the, the teams will draft, uh, just say the Spurs, for instance, that need seasoning. These guys need some seasoning. They might not be able to get in the rotation right away. And they send them to Austin for a while to, to cut their teeth and get some uh, playing time in the G League. It's a really good step up for these guys. Uh, okay, so make sure uh, is 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 your director of broadcasting still Mike Kickerilla? Is Kick still the guy? Yes, he is. Make that sure that Kick. Yep. Make sure that Kick knows that when you come to do those two games at Moody, that they put you where we call the Texas games because you'd be at midcourt on the floor opposite the benches. You'd be right next to oh. Bill Land and Sean Elliott at TV, and Great. you'd have opt- and that that's the radio. That's the home radio 
situation. So they need to they need to take care of you, not put you up there in the corner where Jeff sits with the riders up there in the corner of the lower level. You know uh, the scrub section. Yeah, scrub yeah, media yeah. section. Ma- make sure that Kick understands that so that you guys okay. get to sit. You know, uh, and I'm trying to remember. Help me out here on this. When you and I were doing the games at the Irwin Center, most of the time we sat. Uh, our position was right by the bench. Uh, exactly, right on the floor. Yep. Because I remember Lloyd Wiles of Houston went curdling over the table and hit <laughs> me and and landed in my lap, and then I got a hip pointer out of it. I remember that. Lloyd Wiles was the Houston guard. Lloyd, uh, Lloyd it, Wiles, that's right. We were on the floor right next to the Texas bench. Exactly right, yep. Just like we were. That's not the only time. That's not the only time that you almost got your head decapitated by a player. Uh, NCAA tournament 1995. I'm going to pull my Craig way out here and remember right. something that I probably shouldn't remember. Uh, it, no, it wasn't 95. It was later than that. No, was it was 95. Hip. It was 95. It was. Okay. Yeah, it was 95. Uh, X-ray hip. Yep, X-ray hip of Maryland, later of Harlem Globetrotters fame. Uh, X-ray <laughs> hip of Maryland goes soaring over us, and I duck just in time to see the 18 on the bottom of his sneaker. He was a size 18. Went soaring over. That was the weekend I was double uh, duty doing uh, back and forth to Boise to do uh, to do Westwood One stuff that that, that weekend. Uh, I mentioned that I mentioned that story at length in Story Sports and Songs available now uh, if you go to Amazon. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I right. do a whole of course. Hey Jeff, I do this whole thing on Craig. Uh, and, of course, one of my favorite stories is that weekend, the X-Ray Hip weekend, where Craig went back and forth between Boise and Salt Lake because he was doing some stuff for CBS Radio. And it was, it was just amazing. Got to read the book. Got to read the story <laughs> in the book. But, but it, it's typical Craig Way who introduced me to binocular driving, Jeff. Binocular driving because uh, through the salt flats of Utah, you can go 120 <laughs> miles an hour. There's nobody down the road. You just got to put your binoculars on one hand and the steering wheel on the other, and you do a Craig Way. I, I have retired the binoculars from driving. I gotta let you know no, that he's, he's, he's so traded. Proud of you. He's traded in the binoculars for the phone, Bill. When we were in Greenville for the Super Regional, it's Craig and uh-huh. Roger Wallace and I went down to the coast to get some seafood after that Saturday game. And I, I don't know. I had just a sense of security that I shouldn't have because we're going. I don't know, Craig. What eighty down this two lane highway in North Carolina? And <laughs> you that Craig's bad. checking scores on US emails seven. on the phone, and and we also oh. and we also and you'll love this, Bill. Uh, Roger, uh, of course, is going there with us, and and Ed Clements calls him, our, our good friend Fast Eddie from across town. The, the, the man, they, the man they call Mister Radio. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and he asked Roger if he would go on his show with him. Roger goes with you. I said, "Do it, sure, go ahead." So I'm just driving. So Ed has him on, and Ed goes, "So, uh, so where's Craig Way? Is he is he with you?" He goes, "Oh, he's driving right now. Yeah, he's put him on, put him on the air." And, and I'm like, "Okay." So I'm gonna go on his Saturday show on KLBJ at that point. And I said, "I said, uh, hey Ed, how you doing? Hey, I, I, when we talk about the baseball thing, is I just want everybody to know what a great honor it was to have Craig Way appear on KLBJ. So I, clearly, and I said, Ed." It's it, it's a pleasure. I appreciate you having me on and and giving me the opportunity to tell folks they can listen to Mars game on the horn, 1049-1019 and AM twelve sixty, the decisive third game of that super regional series on the horn. So yeah. It, oh, it was, that was that kind you of got thing. him back. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh well listen. Uh, awesome. Oh, what are you doing? You said you've got more coming up with All Star Weekend. What are you doing? What, uh, outside oh, well, you know, uh, I, I've got this college baseball uh, addiction, you know. So uh, my son Carl's doing UTSA, and he needs me to do the Friday night season opener, Craig, the epic season opener for UTSA baseball against Tarleton State. There you uh, go. Friday night at 6 o'clock at Roadrunner Field. That's where I'll be. And then uh, our mutual friend Brant Freeman, the voice of Texas State, needed help on Saturday afternoon because uh, the Bobcats are playing their opening series against Northwestern in San Marcos. I love that ballpark, Craig, that yeah. little ballpark down there in San Marcos. I love it, too. And so when Brant, when Brant needs help and I don't have a conflict, I, I go over there and help him out. And, um, you know, I miss doing college baseball. So, uh, you know, last year I think I got about 20 or 25 games. And I don't think I'm going to do that many this year. I'll do some other stuff uh, once the season ends. We're going to do a lot of traveling this year. So, anyway, uh, I'm looking forward to doing those games, and I try to help these guys out when I can. But I, I really do enjoy doing it. And Texas State, by the way, had a great team last year. Really yeah, should have made the College World Series. I thought they were going to make it. I really did. Well, they would have hosted the Super Regional, no doubt, against UConn had mm-hmm. they won that game against Stanford, that decisive mm-hmm. game. No no yeah. doubt about it. So, yeah. in other words, you're saying your environment will be a little bit different than mine tomorrow night doing Texas and Arkansas at Globe Life Field at Arlington? 
Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. Just uh, a little well, bit different. We're not at Barnhill. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're at the home of the Texas Rangers tomorrow night. So yeah, it'll be yeah, it'll... That, that 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 is pretty wild. Yeah, that that'll be fun. Oh, you got baseball tomorrow. Okay, that's what I was talking about. See, yeah. B- baseball. Yeah, yeah. Now, see, you're in your overlap period. I can't keep up because you know, uh, since I've gone one sport, you know, I'm a one sport man. But uh, no, I, I admire uh, your ability to uh, you know just go back and forth between sports because this is always a challenging time of the year for guys to do uh, multiple sports. So, so you're so you're uh, telling me you're telling me you're not bothered by and the fact in a couple of weeks when I go out to Fullerton and I'll do the Friday night opener with Keith and with uh, Ty Harrington uh, Texas against Cal State Fullerton I'll catch a red eye back we have a basketball game against Kansas three o'clock in the afternoon the next day and as soon as that over I'll zip down to the uh, Alamo Dome to do, do the girls UIL 6A state championship that night is that what you uh, mean? See, I will be following you. I'll be following you from afar with a great deal of admiration, Craig. That, okay. That's good stuff. And, Jeff, I hope you're keeping up with him. I hope that uh, you can try to figure out where yeah, he yeah, is yeah, yeah, when yeah. he's there. Uh, there. My last year, I was like, all right, Craig, just show up. I know you're going to be in I know you're gonna be in Columbia. I know I, whatever you like. We're going to be in Lincoln. Uh, the game starts at 7, pregame 630. See you then. Bill, I'm down. I'm down to hey, just let me uh, let me know when you're getting on a flight before the show, and you won't yep. be here, and we'll we'll figure out the rest. Just just there you go. just promise you go. me, Bill, if we're ever in Lincoln, Nebraska again together, don't take me to the club called the Night Before. Just promise. The night me. before is, uh, from what I understand, is still there, Craig, and uh, I've got a tab. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure you do. All right. Hey, <laughs> hey, thanks, man. Enjoy, uh, enjoy the uh, All Star Weekend, and uh, and uh, we'll we'll catch up again on down the road. <laughs> thanks for having me, get Craig. Have hey, a great weekend, guys. Enjoy the boss tonight. <laughs> yeah, this could be fun. Yeah, right. absolutely. That's Bill Schoening. Thanks, Bill. Uh, He'll be at Bruce Springsteen tonight, and then, yeah, he'll be uh, staying busy during the All-Star Weekend as well. All right, uh, we're behind, obviously. When we come back, we'll do our Longhorn Notebook. We uh, we have Inconceivable still to come, and a lot more when we continue with Light the Tower on the Horn, 104.9, 1019, AM twelve sixty live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Light the Tower. All right, thanks to Bill Shoning joining us. He'll he'll enjoy Bruce Springsteen tonight. I'm sure he'll probably do Dancing in the Dark. Probably. I cannot hear that song without thinking about the time Courtney Cox, Courtney Cox. hosted SNL and yeah. Sandler dressed up as yeah. Bruce Springsteen and just kind of mumbled through all the lyrics. Because she's, she's in the video. Yeah. She's in the Springsteen video. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Uh, that This happened during what some folks would say was the the uh, selling out era of Bruce Springsteen's <laughs> career. I disagree with that. There's there's some good songs off that album uh, as well. But anyway, it's time for our Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. It's a Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, your home loan expert. See if she can do for you what she did for Linda and me, and that was to help get that home loan approval turned around in a snap. Uh, she is, after all, the person who can make that home loan approval guarantee a reality. Check her out on the web at bowersockteam.com. It's B-O-W-E-R-S-O-C-K, bowersockteam.com. We'll get to some baseball audio here in a minute. Uh, baseball season starts tomorrow. Taking on Arkansas at Globe Life. Craig will be there on the call. Uh, here's your lineup. We don't have a batting order, but here's what your lineup is going to be, yep. at least for opening night. Uh, you will have either Garrett Golomet or Ryan Galvan behind the plate. Uh, Kimball Schuessler is done for the year with a knee yeah. injury. That's unfortunate. Uh, so they won't have him. But David Pierce still likes the catching depth. You know, Peyton Powell might be able to to be back there a little bit because he's healthy for the first time in a while. It'll be one of those two guys, one of the two newcomers at catcher, Jared Thomas, the freshman from Waxahachie at first base, uh, Jack O'Dowd starting at second base, Mitchell Daly at shortstop. We already talked about that, him moving over from second to short. Uh, Jalen Flores, really, really talented freshman out of San Antonio, Brandeis at third. And then your outfield will be Porter Brown, the TCU transfer and left, who David Pierce really likes a lot. Eric Kennedy in center, and then Dylan Campbell in right, and we'll see what happens with that D8 spot. Could be Max Bellew, could be a, a number of different guys, but I think 
you know, with the the emergence of Kate O'Hara and Jaden Duplantier in the middle infield, even with Daly or O'Dowd, with Peyton Powell, with, uh, you know, like I said, a guy like Max Bellew, you've got some flexibility with the DH spot depending on what you want to do in your rotation. Lucas Gordon on Friday, Zane Morehouse on Saturday, and then Travis Staley on Sunday. I was thinking, yep. uh, I was thinking that it was going to be it was going to be Hurley, uh, but it's not. Uh, it's Travis Staley, and David Pierce said yesterday when I asked him why why Travis on Sunday, he just said the experience factor. You know, Travis has pitched in that ballpark before. Said he's a lot more comfortable now on the mound than he was at this time last year. Slider looks really good, so. I think that's subject to change. It's not written in stone, but there's your lineup and your starting rotation for uh, for opening weekend. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of flexibility with it, and 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 I think you'll see Hurley probably on Tuesday against against A and M Corpus yeah. Christi in the home opener. Charlie Hurley, another USC yep. transfer, by the way, for those who don't know. Like I said, you're gonna you're gonna need that roster handy for these games, these early games. Toward that end, David Pierce was talking about how these guys have uh, put in the time and the effort to try to get themselves ready for the start of the season, and this is uh, what's going to be a uh, an interesting time for his baseball club as they've uh, taken the time to prepare themselves to get ready for 2023. Yeah, I mean, we get them in September, and they, they've worked hard. They've bought into culture. They've bought into the way we do things. Philosophically, it's been impressive with not only the staff but also the players. But until they get into an environment like Globe Life and playing some really good competition, you just don't know. So I don't think you can determine who we are after one week. Um, I think it's going to be something that kind of plays in time. My goal is to be good early, uh, to be great late. And so I think these guys have opportunity there. Yeah, it's there. Uh, Starting off, as as Jeff mentioned, with Arkansas tomorrow night and then on Saturday against Missouri at 3 o'clock and then Sunday. Sunday morning mm-hmm. against uh, Vanderbilt. Kegs and eggs at Globe Life? Yeah, it might yeah. be that for Roger Wallace and <laughs> Keith Moreland there on Sunday. Uh, uh, Jeff mentioned that Dylan Campbell will start in right. He's one of the few veterans on this ball club. And uh, he was asked about it as well, about, you know, what do you, what do you, what do you think of this makeup of this group? And, and uh, uh, will, they, will they be uh, speed guys? Will they have some slugging uh, potential? What, what And he just said too early to tell uh, that's just kind of something that time will tell because I, I do think it'll be a lot different than last year um, like last year obviously we had a bunch of home runs and stuff and this year I'm not saying we can't but um, I could see us having a completely different offense and a completely different identity this year so I, I'm kind of interested to see how it's going to shape out when we start uh, on Friday yeah a lot of question marks for there's, sure there's a reason why David Pierce from the minute he took this job I remember the first conversation I had with him when we were talking about offensive philosophy and he said I want to have a team that can score runs in multiple ways and kind of figure out as the season goes on mm-hmm. what your best move is going to be last year uh heavy on power could rely on the long ball could could rely on guys to come through with runners on base drive one into the gap and get guys in uh, this year, I think you're going to maybe see a lot more short game, and especially with speed at the top of the lineup. You know, he wants his best hitters at the top of the lineup, so you'll see Kennedy hitting up in the top of the order. You'll see uh, Dylan Campbell hitting up high in the batting order, and between you know Campbell, Kennedy, Porter Brown, uh, you know, even a guy like Jack O'Dowd, who you know the coaches like the the strides he's made physically in the offseason. You know, you've got some speed where if you get some guys on the bases, and we've seen, Craig, we've seen guys do that. We've seen, you know, with D.C. and E.K. specifically, if those guys can just get on base, you put a lot of pressure on opposing pitchers with your run game. So it could be, you know, are they going to hit 128 home runs again this year? Probably not, but that doesn't mean they're going to be incapable of scoring runs. It's just going to come in a a different manner than what we saw last year. It'll be tomorrow evening. We'll have it for you on the horn. Uh, The – let me just put it to you this way. The scheduled airtime is 6.45 with the scheduled first pitch at 7 o'clock. It is the third game of three. Could be 7, could be 7.15, could be 9.45, who knows? Be. So hang with us on that. Uh, Texas softball, by the way, got its uh, uh, home opener off to a good start with an 8-2 win over Lamar last night. This weekend they'll host the Texas Classic at McCombs Field. They'll play uh, Loyola of Chicago tomorrow afternoon at 3 o'clock followed by a game against Omaha at 5.30. And then on Saturday, they'll play Omaha at 3 and Loyola at 5.30 and then play Sunday at 12.30 against Incarnate Word. And all of those games uh, are on 105.3 The Bat 
with the exception of the Sunday game. That's on AM 1260 because Texas women will be on uh, on uh, on 105.3 The Bat Sunday afternoon. All right, coming up, Inconceivable. That's next when we continue with Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Inconceivable. 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 You keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. Well, I'm going to start with fast food because Cameron has told us he does like McDonald's. Let me see if I can remember it now. McDouble, fries, and a shake. Let's go. Okay. I thought so, man. Cameron, uh, what's your go-to fast food place? Like, do you have one that just, like... Uh, I try to avoid it as much as possible. Right. But being on the road with Craig, you know, you just sometimes you have no choice. And usually the only thing that's open is probably McDonald's. Okay. Yeah, depending on where you are and all that. You're right. Like, do you guys do what I do? If you see a Chick-fil-A in the drive-thru line, like, there's nobody in there. Even if you're not hungry, like, maybe I'll just get Take advantage of the fact that there's nobody there. Save it for later or something. Having one across the studio is clutch because sometimes if you hear late, it's like, I got something to eat. It's like Chick-fil-A's right there. Yep. It's kind of the philosophy I had with, uh... Uh, with the text tag thing, when I was driving by, and I knew I needed to get one, something, and I and I couldn't see a big crowd, and whoop, whipped into the parking lot, got got my new text tag. I just keep it there, and whenever you run yeah. out of money, it just go right back into charges it. Charges your card, and just keep rolling. Uh, at McDonald's, first of all, the good news: there's six items making a comeback. One, I'm not real particularly interested in this, but maybe you guys would be the McSpicy Burger. Uh, yeah, I'm, you know me. I'm not a spicy guy. Spicy chicken breast fillet topped with cool lettuce and mayo between toasted sesame seed buns. Kind of sounds nah, oh, no, not not bass. chicken whopperish enough for you. No. Uh, Hell no. The grand the the grand Big Mac. That's the one with the the extra size. You know, okay. uh, that the big one. Four patties. Yeah, yeah. That that grand Mac. There's also a grand Big Mac with bacon, um, and. They're going to bring back to try out some chili cheese bites. Also, a Galaxy Chocolate McFlurry and a Galaxy Caramel McFlurry. But they're getting rid of these items. Cheesy Garlic Bites. uh, Peppermint McFlurry. Chocolate McFlurry. The Spicy Sriracha Chicken One. Both crispy and grilled. The Big Tasty. The Big Tasty with bacon. A Caramel Waffle Latte and Hot Chocolate Deluxe. So those are the things that they're divesting themselves of. Never had any of those items before. Neither so. have I. Yeah, neither have I. Um, okay, speaking of food, or in this case, not feeding oneself, a pastor in Mozambique has died after attempting to be like Jesus. Or so the word oh, goes. I don't like where this is headed. Well, it's not Jesus-like you know, according to the New Testament, of course, on the cross. Not that. No, he tried to fast for 40 days like Jesus, you know, in the wilderness. And uh, and it had said to have done after his baptism. Uh, Francisco Baraja, who founded the Santa Trinidad Evangelical Church in the central province of Manica in Mozambique, was unable to stand, bathe, or walk by the end of his ordeal. Uh, according to the Gospels of Matthew and Luke, Jesus went into the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil as he fasted for 40 days. Uh, the Gospel of Mark mentions the episode known as the temptation of Christ, but it doesn't say anything about fasting. Matthew and Luke's accounts both describe Jesus' hunger, but neither say if he consumed water. Well, this guy decided not even to drink any water. Yeah, see, that wasn't real bright. Yeah. He had also worked as a French school teacher, said to have developed severe anemia and had internal organ damage, was unable to digest food. He became sick on about the 25th day of the fast. Health became much worse on the 38th day. They tried to give him liquid foods to no avail. His followers were said to be unsurprised by the news of his death. And... uh, I said, yeah, that's him. You know, so uh, that's that's. I don't know why that tickled me so much. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like John. Yeah, yeah. I now, told him. I told him what was going to happen. I said, Frankie, you got it anyway. Um, okay, it's also been well established on this program that Jeff Howe is not a Starbucks file. Not so much into Starbucks. 
I do like the teas at Starbucks. Yeah, like the, London Fog Tea Latte. Well, what's good. the one I get? It's like the peach green tea something. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that. unicorn frappy. Yeah. Is that your go-to, Jeff? Unicorn no. frappy. Uh, no, I, I saved that for uh, the winter time. Well, here's a dude in Tulsa, Oklahoma, that a trip to Starbucks became a nightmare. He went in, Jesse O'Dell. Visit his local Starbucks in Tulsa. And in relation to former uh, Texas pitcher Jake Odell? Does not say that. Okay. Uh, uh, and it says he went in there for a venti iced Americano. And I don't a venti, know what the hell that is. And a venti caramel frappuccino with an espresso shot. So the whole deal, the whole tab was $10.50. Okay. So he swipes the credit card. Yeah, the charge, uh, the uh, credit card got charged $4,444. So he said, whoa, 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 because that was the tip he added by accident. Oh. It, it rang up that. He says he hit no tip. That's a new thing on the app where you can add the tip in advance or whatever. Yeah. Upon reaching out to Starbucks, he was informed by the area director that a network issue or a sticky button was to blame for the outlandish tip. He was sent two reimbursement checks. They both bounced. No way. From Starbucks. The checks bounced. So he had to postpone a family trip to Thailand due to the financial strain. So Starbucks said, I'm sorry. The dude said, I'm not looking for, like, a public apology. I wouldn't expect it if I had to wait a month to get my own money back. Starbucks just needs to have a little bit of respite and look back at how they want to deal with customers in the future. So they said, yeah, it was human error, and they have since reimbursed him now. If you charge me $4 over what the amount is going to be, I'm, I might be a little bit perturbed. Never mind, 4444 And then the checks bounced. That some, was the weird deal. going to be some paint peeling off the walls. And then finally, you got the TikToker uh, who filmed himself eating a heart-shaped potato chip as part of what I eat in the day video. Oops. He uh, ate accidentally ate something that would have won him a cash prize of over $120,000 as part of a competition. The company, Walker's Potato Chips, said find the heart-shaped potato chip and you can win $120,000. Ruh-roh. He didn't even see it. He just reached in there and he ate it. Yeah. So a lot of people on TikTok said, oh, give him the money anyway. Give him the money. Yeah, probably not. I hope those likes were impressions were worth it. Yeah, probably didn't work out so well. So All right, serves him right for being trying to be an influencer. What I eat every day. All right, hour number two. Anyone gives a rat's ass. <laughs> you just do it like Brad Cham said. Nobody cares the south end of a rat. <laughs> hour number two of Light the Tower coming up on the Horn 1049, 1019 AM twelve sixty. We are live, local and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. dot 